0: Okay, hey, here we go. Another episode of the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. And actually, this episode and the three that follow, so the next four episodes, have the potential to be uh, the most edited versions, or maybe I should say it this way, the, the episodes of my podcast that I've done that require the most editing. Because what we are going to do over the next four episodes um, I actually have my wife, Erin, would you say hello? Hello. And she and I are going to have some conversations about parenting and how parenting is ministry, how parenting affects ministry for couples who are in ministry, um, and also just our parenting journey a little bit as well. And um, so, yeah, this might require a little bit of slicing and dicing at the end of it, but... Um, We'll see how much Dirty Laundry gets aired or anything like that, but um, we have, uh, just to recap, five kids, Aaron and I do, and the oldest is seven. His name is Anderson. Number two is Preston. He is five years old. Then his little sister, Charlotte, is four years old, just eight months younger than him. I'm sure that story will come out over the next few uh, few episodes, few few weeks here. And then um, shortly after that, a little bit more space, but not much in between Charlotte and Bennett, who is our fourth child. He is three, and then August just turned one. So one, three, four, five, and seven are the ages of our kids. It is a circus up in here, and it would be um, it would be a, the inmates running the prison if it was not for my wife. So Aaron, um, why don't you... I don't know say anything at all that you want to say in regards to just maybe our entrance into parenting. We had five years, no kids. Mm-hmm. it was so quiet. It was I don't so nice I don't remember it uh nearly as well as I wish I could and um and then ever it's just been yeah running ever since so anyways, uh I, we have some stuff we actually want to cover and talk about, but before that, I don't know if you have any reflections on just the last seven years i'm sure you have many reflections and then um yeah we can kind of get into some of the conversation but our heart behind doing this is obviously mother's day in may father's day in june parenting is extremely hard messy complicated requires uh two people and even that gets hard complicated messy so uh we wanted to just kind of dig into it a little bit, not going to be perfect. We certainly aren't experts. I'm certainly not an expert. And, um, you know, we're just, we just want to kind of have these kind of open, honest conversations and, and maybe peel back some layers of the onion, if you will. So babe, anything you want to say?
1: Yeah. I mean, when I think back on our entrance into parenting, um, like Quint said, we were married five years before we decided to have kids. We always had wanted five children, um, Obviously, the spacing was a little bit, the wheels kind of came off there. We had thought like, oh, we'll do them two years apart. It'll be great. We'll have all our kids in 10 years. We'll still be young. I actually remember,
0: I remember doing the math. You were 27 mm-hmm. when we had Anderson. So we were like, if we do every two years and we have five kids. I can't do the math now, but <laughs> well, you would have been.
1: 37.
0: 37 when you had our final child. And instead
1: I was 34. Three, three. Three. 33. So, so we just squeaked it in a yeah. little early. Um wh- but when I think back to just having one kid, I'm sure we like in my mind I've romanticized it a little bit, but it does kind of feel looking back like the parents walking with the one child in between them, swinging them in their arms, you know, like it, it did feel really kind of rosy and perfect. It was a really fun entrance into parenthood. And um, our oldest is a really exceptional child. They all are in their own way. But, you know, he talked early and walked early and it just, everything felt so new and exciting um, with with one. And then we actually had a miscarriage in between our first and our second son but when we got pregnant with our our second son that's here on earth preston it just that also was just like really magical and then it kind of felt like the wheels just really came off and I, I remember so many times being like, what are we doing? What is going on? You know, our daughter Charlotte was born prematurely. She impressed in our only eight months apart, which Quint mentioned.
0: And, and only would have been 10 months apart had she not <laughs> arrived prematurely. So right. So it, it would have
1: been crazy. Anyways, like it was just, I remember taking the kids out, you know, when Charlie came home from the hospital. She was in the NICU for 60 days. But when we finally had her home with us, and it was so funny because Anderson was just three at the time, so he was walking. Preston was still under one. Or just turned one. So he was like still in an infant seat, like you would carry him. Charlie was tiny in an infant seat. And I remember going places and like people would see the two infant seats. So of course they would like assume you have twins, right? But then Charlotte was like tiny and Preston was big for you know, one and it would they would look like, wait, one of these babies is huge and one of these babies is tiny, like what in the world's going on? So
0: I remember <laughs> I remember walking through It was right after Charlotte came home, walking through the Wegmans in Jamestown, New York, where we lived at the time, with size five diapers under my left arm, because that would have been what Anderson Anderson was in. He was three. And then size, I don't know, two in my right arm, and then a box of newborns for Charlie (laughs) in my hand. So three different sizes of diapers. True story. I get up to check out. These boxes are all the mega packs, because we know we're in it indefinitely. So I'm buying the biggest boxes they sell there. I get to the counter and this nice old lady behind me says, oh my goodness. And then she literally pulled out a $10 bill and handed it to the cashier and said, I want to help this young man out here. I want to pay for some of these diapers. And I just thought, what a circus we look like! What like. What a crap show this is. If this like I we I'm such a spectacle, this woman wants to give me a ten dollar bill, like it which doesn't even touch three boxes of right. diapers, but she's just like anything will help this guy out. What a mess he like I just laughed so hard,
1: yeah, you know when people say all the time where wherever you go like, oh well, bless your hearts, and I was like, I finally said that's like people's way of being like you guys are. Right. Stuck. Like. Right. So,
0: yeah. So there has been plenty of jokes hurled in our direction and it's fine. We've, we're have we good with it. Yeah. Like we get it. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a journey for sure. But I would definitely agree with what you were saying about it. It feels like we went from hmm. part of why we waited five years was because we were so like we want to make sure we're ready. Right. And we want to make sure we're buttoned up, and we want to make sure like, and for in a lot of ways we were yeah. like we, we we were in a good right spot like we worked hard to start a family to yeah. get what we felt was like in a good spot for it,
1: <laughs> and then
0: it feels like that got pull, that rug got pulled out from under us so fast yeah in in great ways oh
1: totally good ways but it yeah. just is
0: almost comical we went from being like the calculated couple who was going to have their kids with healthy spacing to the butt of many jokes yes. that and we're fine with it We right. get it but it's just kind of hysterical yeah it really is so anyways um then the finale august we do we did get back on track with we did, some healthy yes. spacing two years in between ben well and quinn
1: really was like four is a good number, four is a good number, babe, you know, but I just, my heart just always felt for five. And it's funny, because we had always expected our last one to be a girl. And so when we found out it was a boy, we were both pretty like, whoa, well, this was not like the plan that we had, we had this plan of three boys, two girls, and and it worked up until that point. And so I still laugh every time I look at August, because he is so God's reminder to us that, he knows best. He has the plan. You think you might know it. You think you might have uh, the pieces, and then he just shakes it up. In fact, our oldest was just saying today as we were playing with him, "I love August so much," and I said, "I do too." And he said, "Our fam- God knew our family needed him because I've said that to him so many times." and And he said, "It would be weird now thinking about having a little girl as the last one. Like he just feels so right as as the finale." So. God knows best. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, when Aaron and I, when we first got together, um, we had said we want five kids and we want boy, boy, girl, boy, girl, and we want these names. People thought we were nuts. Of course. And we were. We were nuts. nuts. Like <laughs> but we did call our shot to 80% accuracy. Anderson, then Preston, then Charlotte, then Bennett. And so then we would laugh and be like, yeah, yeah, the wheels came off on the order, but we called our shot, yeah. we got it all, you know, and and so you're right, it really is God's reminder of like, could you just not take any credit for any, right, just, right, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. so yeah, it was definitely, it's been a journey to mm-hmm. say the very least. And um, parenting is really hard. It's really, really awesome, but there is no manual and we all do the best that we can. And there's a trillion opinions mm-hmm. and and approaches, and I've joked that um, even in the, the mom circle, and we're going to talk about um, what it is to be a mom kind of for the rest of this uh, conversation here, but even in the mom circle, between kid one for us and kid five, what is acceptable oh, on yeah. feeding your child? I remember when, I mean, it was only seven years ago, we made our own purees for right. Anderson, because that's what you did if you cared about your kids seven right. years ago. Like that's That was the what the crunchy moms... I don't know. I'm like, I'm probably going to offend people with some of this, but <laughs> listen, I'm an ignorant guy, so just give me a lot of slack here. But then, by the time we got to Bennett, which yeah. is just four years in between those two, it was all about baby-led weaning and da-da-da-da-da. No purees. And you and cut no it purees up and you can't. let
1: them self-feed. Right. And, <laughs> and so,
0: I, I, it's just funny because it is such a toxic... Not, not even toxic, but just like...
1: It po- can be. Potential yes. for
0: toxic... Potential for polarization. There's definitely polarization, but just so many how you have your child, whether you do this method or that, you know, just so, so many things. And it's hard enough without all oh, that. So and true. then we add all that to it. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, the, the conversation I wanted to have today, in light of Mother's Day uh, being, you know, right here in, in just a few days, um, is really like what. I want to I want to stay on the positive end of it because we're going to do four of these things and the next one will be uh, also on mothering and then we get to June we'll talk fathering but like what is the best part of being a mom now that you've done this role for 7 years and I'm sure in that go ahead and like get into what's hard about it get into what's um you know frustrated whatever but save some of that for the next episode too you know but like just as you've been thinking about this and we've been preparing for this like what are some things in your seven years of experience doing this that you look back and you're like this is amazing and just kind of like riff on that for a little bit
1: yeah I mean as I was thinking over this it I was like what can I even say about being a mom that doesn't sound really cliche especially around Mother's Day you know like Oh, it's just the best job you'll ever have, or it's everything is just really amazing to watch your kid learn and grow. And I, I mean, it's hard because those all sound like cliche answers, but that is the truth. I mean, I would have to say every phase, like our oldest is seven. And so it's hard because I've known him for seven years, I've only known our next son for five years. And then the our daughter for only four. So in a way, I do feel like I know Anderson the best of our five kids because I've known him the longest. And he just had a birthday here in March. And I was thinking like, okay, what phase of Anderson has been my favorite phase? And honestly, like every year with him has been my favorite year for so many different reasons. I absolutely... Adored when he was learning to walk and learning to talk, and uh, he would mimic back. And oh my word, my favorite. Thing that he said was yes, every that was his word right, for this, right? So, and he would just say, What's yes?
0: What's yes? What's
1: yes? And I just, I loved that, I adored that. I thought it was like the cutest thing on the planet, and I was so sad when he stopped saying that. Um, but then I loved when he started preschool and he would come home, remember, he would call him his co workers and his boss, his teacher yep, was his yep. boss, and it was like hysterical because we'd be like... It, he would talk like that to other people and they would be looking at us like, how does your three-year-old have co-workers, you know? And we're like, oh, those are his preschool friends. And, and then I loved when he started kindergarten and it was so fun, like seeing him learn how to read and seeing him learn how to ride a two-wheel bike and so every phase has literally been my favorite with him because it just it does keep getting better like it's sad to watch the baby version of them go away and it's sad to think like oh I'll never rock baby anderson to sleep again like if I think about that it makes me want to cry but then I'm like he's so much cooler now than he was then so it, it sounds cliche, but it, it is awesome getting to watch your kids like become people, real people right. that make decisions and uh, make conclusions from things and read things on their own and then come and ask you questions. And um, I love that that part of being a mom.
0: Yeah, I have described parenting, um, and this sounds depressing, but it's just <laughs> the reality of it. I have described parenting from the moment I became a dad as perpetual robbery. That's, that's what it is. You yeah. know, it is, um, you'll never get this day back. And it is the hardest reality to like today. I work 12 hours. I saw my kids this morning for like 30 minutes and then I was out the door. And by the time I got home, they were all in bed. So yeah. rough, rough day to say this for me, right. but, <laughs> um, you know, it is just so hard you know, Anderson's in Taekwondo and I'll never get his first Taekwondo class back. Right. Right. Like that was a one-time deal. And it is just, it's one of the things that I think makes it so hard. And then like a long time ago, everybody's heard this phrase now, but we had a friend who said, you know, the, the days are long, but the months and years are so fast. And it's so true. true. Like (laughs) the days are, they can be so arduous and hard to get through.
1: Yeah.
0: But you blink and your kid is seven i called Anderson a six-year-old two days ago and was like wait a minute he's seven isn't he holy <laughs> how what yeah. you know and it just is so it's crazy so yeah anyways um yeah that's kind of sad but like you said there's such joy in it and there's such you know i have i have uh, met with people as a pastor whose children are now adults mm. and they've talked about how like yeah well I had lunch with my child yesterday who's 24 or whatever. Right. And they're like, you know, that's a really cool part of parenting. Like that's a really special. When you get to that phase, that can be just as awesome and just as special. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm clinging to, know, and, right? and, you know, and just like, <laughs> I want to do this well and do this right. And then really enjoy, I want to enjoy these phases yes, and then yeah. I want to enjoy the next ones and I, you know, so.
1: Yeah. I've, I've always felt like I never wanted to be, Turned backwards, clinging on to the baby years, and it's hard knowing that our last son, August, is the last in the completion of our family. I found it hard to harder for
0: you than it is for me. Let's just say (laughs) that
1: Quint lost uh, patients for the baby face at kid three. Like that was, that was the last baby I think he enjoyed. Um, well the, the it, last two I've kind of had to shepherd to and, and, <laughs> the baby years. I, yeah.
0: And I'm not, uh, I said, I'm definitely not perfect at this. Like I, I have really reflected to the reality that like three was my number. Yeah. God knew better. And, yeah. and I love four and five. That's not like a shot or no. a, you know, it's just, um,
1: Everyone has, like, their limit. Yeah, and and, and also, (laughs) also though,
0: like, that might be part of why in God's plan the wheels really came off and it all happened so fast that, like, there's five now, man. Yeah, right? Because, like, what if I had had that revelation? I believe God has amazing plans for Bennett and August's life. Yeah, absolutely. So what if Quint got in the way of those by not participating in the creation of these two amazing (laughs) young boys, you know? So, um Anyways, I I do feel like um you know, that's just a reality that I've had to wrestle through and just like anything though, I can submit that uh weakness to God and let him fill those gaps and his grace is sufficient for my weakness just like his Bible just like the Bible says and so uh his word will hold true for that and yeah, and absolutely. get me through and uh show me how yeah, naturally maybe I am only wired for three, but supernaturally and with him working in me, you know. But this isn't about me. This is about mothering. So, um, so talk a little bit about, um, you know, maybe just some of the different nuances, things that you've learned, things that you've experienced, things, strong opinions that you had seven years ago that maybe you don't, anymore or vice versa you know
1: you know the phrase like you're the best parent before you become a parent that is the truth like and then actually my sister-in-law loves to like on Facebook when time hop memories pop up of things she was a parent a few years before we started parenting she likes to remind me of the let's just say arrogant Aaron isms that were thrown her way when she was like in these early lost in the weeds years. And I just tell her, like, I've been humbled a million times over. I I own it. It's so hard. Right,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. Um for sure.
1: So yeah, I think uh one of the things that is the hardest about parenting, especially, I, I don't want to say it's harder than when like our parents were parenting us, but I do feel like in 2021 and in the world that we live in that is so fast-paced it's so connected your phone is at your hip like every second of the day unless you intentionally set it aside it is hard to be intentional and parent and in, with intentionality and if you're not like if you're not taking every day at least for me if I don't get up and say to myself every day that like today's going to count and I'm intentionally parenting today and I'm not just going to let myself, especially with, honestly, with five kids, seven and under, we homeschool. So they're all here all the time. Basically, I you can just get like, it can be like a wave that just pounds over you and over you and over you all day if you don't like intentionally say, I'm not going to let that happen today. And then you have to like fight through all of the things and intentionally parent. And that's, I find that for me to be really difficult and there are honestly some days like the beginning of this week I told Quint and I don't know why I just normally like Mondays I'm ready for Mondays and I'm ready for a new week of school and I'm kind of excited about like the challenge that it's going to present and I just I just did not have it in me on Monday morning and I said to him before he went to work I just don't feel like doing this today and I've kind of felt like that all week like I've had to fight through that apathy of like not caring at all and I've done a decent job because I make myself, but I think that is where it gets really hard, where it's like, but yeah, a whole day passed. So if you didn't take it captive and like really fight to be an intentional parent, then the day passed either way, you know? Right. Um, and then what did or didn't happen, you know, essentially with your kid for that day. It's just, it's hard. Right. So.
0: Yeah, it's it's um challenging. Father or mother, it's challenging to, um, like, to do to fight to stay present and to fight to like actually engage. I mean, for, I find that because I'm like engaged at work all day. Sure. You know that th- to come home, John Eldridge, and I know I quote him every time I talk, but he he really talks about how he he noticed that when he was playing with his grandkids, which like by that point, you've experienced the perpetual robber- robbery of parenting. You have this totally new perspective and appreciation for what it was so grandparenting is like your chance Second to do it over almost, yeah <laughs> and and you don't even have to do the hardest parts and but he just said that he noticed a couple years ago he'd be playing with his one and two and three year old grandkids and then like after 10 minutes he would need to check his phone and he was like whoa 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 like i can't enjoy this and be completely present for 60 minutes without right. needing to check in on the real world, the adult world, the grown-up world, like, that's a problem. And I know, like, it's kind of like we all know it's a problem, but we don't know what to do about it, so we just kind of try to, right? you know, but the goal is not that we just survive yes. these hardships. Yeah. The goal is that we figure out how to uh, put them under our control, right? And so I have um, at times done better than this, than others, but, like, when I get in the door, try to put my phone in the closet and leave it there until either the kids are in bed or I need to go do something or whatever, trying to fight to stay present. Because it it is hard. Um, it's hard, and you don't want to have your kids, like, pick up. Like, you have pointed out to me that there are times where my kids will come, our kids will come to talk to me, and if I'm checked out on my phone... They talk, I don't hear them, and then they come running to you. Right. And that's a hard reality to like right. face, right? So, yeah, yeah it's challenging.
1: Ultimately, sure. our kids know what's most important to us. And so I. I always Well, and
0: you're, what you're fight. saying though is not our kids, but kids know what is most important to oh, their yes. parents. You're saying universally, oh, or yeah, kids like, in yeah.
1: general know right. what matters to you a hundred percent. That your our kids know what lights you up and what makes you excited, right. and they know the same for me. You know, right? They also know when they have your full and undivided attention and when they don't. And I'm not saying that kids deserve and need your full and undivided attention every second of every day, but they know when they're getting it and they know when they're not. Right. Just like we do as adults. You know, right. what we know when we're talking to someone and they're not engaged, we can pick up those cues. Kids are the same way. Right. And, you know, for me with being, with homeschooling, I've actually started, I log off my social media during the day, I set my phone aside. I don't get like a ton of constant texting or anything, but because I'm telling our seven year old to give it his best effort to do his best. And it's unfair to him for me not to do the same. So, yeah, that's good. um, I feel like if, if I'm requiring that of you, then you aren't requiring that of me, but I'm going to give it to you because that's what's fair and that's respectful right. to you. So
0: Romans 12, mutual yeah. submission.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think also one, I, I'll probably like end on this, but like I think what's cool and what I'm looking forward to even more as our kids get older is like when you see the glimmers of like all that you're putting in them coming out without like your constant prodding of it, if if that makes sense. You know, when, when I step back and I watch our kids interact with one another and I see them be kind and respectful and w- without me having to intervene or when they say thank you to someone for something and I don't have to like prompt it, those are when you're like, oh, okay, like... It is going in. It, it doesn't feel like it in the day-to-day. In fact, with our oldest tonight, we I made uh, chicken pot pies for dinner. And I did that because it's our second son's, one of his favorite meals. He asks for them all the time, and he loves them. Anderson, our oldest, does not like chicken pot pie. And so he already started like early this afternoon when he found out what was for dinner, dragging his feet and like, oh, I don't like chicken pot pie. And so I was like, well, Anderson... whose favorite meal is it? It's Preston's. Okay, so I know you don't like it, but, like, if I were to not make it because you don't like it, then Preston would never get it because it's his favorite. So... Do you know I make things for you that your other siblings don't really love? Yeah. Okay. Well, did they drag their feet and make a big stink about it? No, not really. Okay. It kind of takes the joy away for Preston of requesting this meal and me going through the work of making it for him because I know he loves it. So could you just eat it and be a good sport about it? Yeah, I could. And he did. And then I actually said to him after dinner, thanks for having a good attitude about that and just making the best of it. And, um... I said that spoke to me and it spoke to Preston because we know you didn't want to eat it and you still were a good example anyway. So, but it's all those intentional conversations that you have to have to make it all kind of like worth it. Right. You know, and that's where it can be hard.
0: Well, and even in that, to kind of get out of the 50,000 foot view and get down on the ground of, um, of parenting, I don't know how much Preston loves chicken pot pies as much as Preston loves having something that's quote unquote, his favorite meal yeah, and giving your kids the ability, like especially, I mean, we're both middle kids and, <laughs> and watching our middle kids or specifically Preston, like he sees Anderson as the Taekwondo kid mm-hmm. and Anderson is this and Anderson is the first grader and he just also wants to be seen. And so again, I don't know. Maybe he does love chicken Popeye's. I don't know. It, honestly it doesn't even matter i think for us for me anyways i think the huge win in it is that we we help him to like quote unquote find his place in this world yeah and his place in this world is he's an artist 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 everything is art for him and these are my three favorite meals whether they are or not sure maybe they are i don't know like like it doesn't really matter. The point is that he has his thing just like his he sees his older brother have his thing.
1: And it's okay that it's different than and it's, his older brother's and thing. And it's <laughs>
0: absolutely okay. It's different. So, yeah, I think that's really my, probably my chief hope as a parent is that we raise our kids into adults, Right. And I heard someone say a long time ago, you don't have to raise kids. They're they're already kids. You have to raise adults. Mm, you have to yeah. raise them into adulthood. That part is the part that does not come naturally. Um, my hope is that we raise our children into adults who confidently find their place in this world. Because mm, yeah. I feel like it took me a while. Like, no. Na- nine years of being an adult before i was like this this is what it's this is where i'm supposed to be you know yeah and i don't want to see my kids and that's not that is not a shot to anybody in my life who it was just that was my path in my journey but i want to try as best i can as best we can to help our kids avoid a bunch of wondering and questioning and help them confidently step into that yeah. as soon as possible um, and I think that's all. That's every parent's hope and dream. It, it is, you know. And
1: you know, when you talk about the polarization of parenthood uh, that we live in now, that is ultimately what that's, we all want. We all want the same thing. That's
0: all that's fueling it. And yeah. it's 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 people thinking like, well, if I baby led wean at three, then they'll definitely know at eighteen what they're supposed to do. Or, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's really the heart behind it. If I breastfeed till this many, sure. You know, we like, all whatever.
1: want the best. We all want to enjoy our kids when they get to adulthood and actually have them be like. Wonderful members of the world, you know, right?
0: Right, and so I think that is so. This is this is probably a good place to end it, and then we can look ahead to the next episode in two weeks. But, um, really, if we would remember that about other moms, since this is a mother episode, yes, but parents in general, if we would remember that the heart behind their decisions really truly is. the the same as the heart behind yours. Mm -hmm. You might just be coming from different experiences, perspectives. We don't know what everybody else has been through. That would help a lot.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: And then two, really like the main goal, the main fight, the main distraction. And I think one of the first podcast episodes I ever did was with you. And we talked about the fight to stay present. We had just come back from that conference with Mm -hmm. John Eldridge, where he talked about a lot of those things, but that is really like the chief goal The chief daily, I don't even want to say struggle, but like opportunity before us is to, um, choose to not just survive another day, but to try to own it. Yeah. Own the day, be intentional, parent intentionally, um... So, yeah, any parting thoughts? I actually don't think I'm going to have to slice and dice any of this. This was just great. You behaved yourself. <laughs> I, I kept it uh, as close as I could. Yeah, I think we did pretty good. There, I Really, uh, if I said anything that offends anybody, like, sorry. And that wasn't the, the goal or the point at all. So, I don't yeah. think I did. I think no, I did I, okay. I think you're good. Yeah, you. I mean...
1: No, I mean, other than that, mothers are the superheroes of the world, and I, I don't tell my own mom enough. Okay, yeah, I was gonna I say, get it. like, <laughs> to to end this episode,
0: we just give the greatest shout outs to both of our own mothers. Yes, mine is uh, Cindy Lindblad, and yep. yours is Beth Oaks. Yes, and, and they are both superheroes. Yes, and, they are.
1: And I, you know, I feel like I now as a mom get so much of what what and why my mom did what she did growing up. You don't truly have an appreciation for it, I don't think, until you have sat in those shoes and then been like, oh, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Or <laughs> or just an, an understanding. Um, uh, yeah. There's, yeah, like, man, just so much. So, um, yeah, so thanks, moms. Yes. We love you. I we think do. my mom is actually my chief podcast fan, <laughs> so I know she will hear this. Yeah. So I know you're listening, mom, and I love you. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. And I ordered your gift yesterday. And uh, yeah, I'm just grateful for you. And Beth, we're so grateful for you. Aaron's obviously so grateful. And we don't say it enough. Um, But yeah, I think this is a great place to land this first episode. Next uh, time, we're going to do these every other week for the next, for May and June. So in two weeks, we will discuss um, maybe in more depth some of the hardest, challenging things about being a mom, uh, and we'll just kind of work on that, develop that. And then um, in June, we'll get into fathering and some of the different things there. That's a whole loaded topic, a whole loaded thing, Uh, but we'll get to that. But thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Babe, you did a great job. Thanks. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, It is currently, just if you're keeping score at home, 9.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. Our kids are in bed, and uh, this is what this is what you do when your when your husband's a pastor who has a podcast and says you should be the guest for the next 4 episodes. Yeah. And before so, we
1: started I said I really just want a snack. So let's just get this done. Yeah. So we are going to go
0: uh, raid the fridge and thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. I was wondering, you found me. I was wondering